The stories in this book have been told and retold, cherished and revered by literally billions of people over thousands of years. People have devoted their entire lives to studying this book. There are hundreds of thousands of commentaries on it. And many people believe that this book had to have been written by God. The Torah, what's so special about it? Why is it so mesmerizing? And how has it managed to capture the human imagination for millennia? I'm David Kasher, a rabbi at Ikar in Los Angeles, and together we're going to study the weekly Torah portion of the Parsha and figure out why the Torah really is the best book ever. In this week's Parsha, God Almighty tells a goat to go to hell. Well, okay, not, not really, but, but sort of. What God actually says in describing the very first Yom Kippur ceremony is the following. Aaron shall take two goats and let them stand before God at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and he shall place lots on the two goats, one marked for God and the other marked for Azazel. Okay, that's not go to hell, but it is telling the goat to go to Azazel. Uh, but I must say, you really haven't lived until you've heard an old Israeli man say, Lech Azazel, go to Azazel, which in Hebrew slang is the equivalent of our go to hell. And it's borrowed from this verse in the Torah. But what in the world does it mean here in the Torah, Azazel? It surely doesn't translate into hell. It really doesn't translate into anything at all. It sounds like a name. In fact, and I say this somewhat uneasily, it sounds like the name of a foreign god. But no, that, that can't be. Heaven forbid, we, we don't believe in that kind of stuff. So let's turn to our favorite commentators and try to get some clue as to what this Azazel might mean. And we can rest assured, whenever we see something this strange in the Torah, we're going to get some good stuff. Now, our first stop, as always, is Rashi. Rashi is the master of Midrash, he's the great conduit of rabbinic legend, but in this case, he's going to give us the plainest most prosaic answer that we're going to look at. Azazel. So what does he say? Hu har az This is a mighty and harsh mountain, a steep cliff. Oh, okay, that's it. It's just the name of a mountain, Azazel Mountain. This strange ritual that the high priest performs on Yom Kippur with the two goats is all meant to sacrifice one to God uh, and one uh, to just put on a mountain. Now, to be fair, this answer does help explain what actually happens to the goat. The goat gets led out, the Torah says, El eretz bamidbar, to an inaccessible region and then sent out in, into the wilderness. So Rashi is clarifying, this means the goat wanders up a treacherous mountain and eventually, presumably, falls off the cliff. Now, this, fun fact, is actually where we get the term scapegoat. 
the priest confesses the sins of the whole people with his hands on the goat, somehow transferring them to the goat. And then we shove the goat off the cliff. The goat takes the fall for us. And that's the original scapegoat. So Rashi's answer does help us piece together the sequence of the ritual itself as it might have happened. But I mean, come on, don't tell me that this is all there is to say about this very weird name that suddenly appears and, and splits the goats up with God on the holiest day of the year. There's got to be something more going on here. Well, the Ibn Ezra, who is often our number two must-see commentator, he hints, but just hints, that there is something more going on indeed. He first quotes a few other answers, discusses some of the details of how the ceremony is carried out, none of which seem all that remarkable. And then he finishes off with this juicy teaser. And if you were unable to understand the secret that follows the word Azazel, you would know its secret and the secret of the name because it has parallels in the Bible. And I will reveal to you a bit of the secret with this hint. When you are 33, you will know it. Okay, now that's what I'm talking about. That's some good stuff. Secrets, hints, hidden codes. Things are starting to get interesting here. But what does he mean? So for that, we turn to number three in the famous batting order of Torah commentators, Rabbi Moses Nachmanides, the Ramban. He starts by laying everything out that we've been looking at so far. He quotes Rashi, and then he quotes the Ibn Ezra, including our mysterious little hint. And then he promises an answer in the most enticing way. So check this out. Rabbi Avram, the Ibn Ezra, faithful of spirit, he covered up this matter. But I am a gossip, so I will reveal his secret. He actually says that. Okay, here comes some Torah gossip then. Let's, let's see what he says. And he's citing an earlier midrash from Pirkei de Rebbe Yezer. He says, they, what they would do is they would give one of the angels a bribe on Yom Kippur so that he would not disqualify their sacrifice. That's what it means when it says that one lot goes to God and one lot goes to Azazel. Because this angel saw that Israel would not have sin after Yom Kippur, and he said, Master of the universe, there is a nation of people on earth whom you treat like us, the angels in heaven. And God heard the testimony of Israel's accuser and went to atone for them on the altar with the priests and the whole congregation. Okay, so what does all this mean? Well, basically he's saying that the angels are not happy with the special treatment that we get from God. And so they're trying to mess up our Yom Kippur atonement. So we offer up a sacrifice to one of the angels, Azazel, as a way of pacifying them so that they'll let us have this special relationship with God and get the forgiveness from God that we're looking for. Cool, well, that, that explains it. Huh. Except that this is totally forbidden by our religion in every conceivable way. I, I, idolatry, sec, second commandment, ever heard of it? Well, the, the Rambam has heard of it, and he admits that this whole sacrifices to angels thing is really problematic. But he stresses 
that it's not us offering the goat to the angel. We're just following God's command. God wants the angel to have the goat. But from our perspective, it's all for God. And he gives a little parable. He says, it's like someone who makes a meal for his master. And the master commands him to give a portion to my servant, so-and-so. Now, the host isn't really giving anything to the servant, nor is, is he honoring the servant in any way. Rather, he gives everything to his master, and the master gives a scrap to the servant. The host follows the command of the master and honors him by doing whatever he says. It's just that the master has mercy on the host and wants everyone to enjoy his food so that everyone will say good things about the host. Okay, so that, that's the deal. Azazel and the other angry angels want to attack us on Yom Kippur because we're being given special treatment. But God wants us to be safe from them. So he has to throw them a bone, a goat bone, to calm them down and get them off our backs. And we would never do that of our own accord. But if God says so, sure, we do whatever God says because we love God. Hooray, the end. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That doesn't sit well with me. I, I, that, it's still so creepy and weird. I mean, how do angels have all this power? Do we really believe in that, that kind of angel anyway? Why can't God just tell them to, to, to shut it? And, and, and most of all, how does a goat carry off all of our sins and then calm these angels down by, by dying? Is this, is this really Judaism? Well, it is, like it or not, in some way, it's right there in the Torah. The same Torah that prohibits the service to anyone but God seems, in God's name, to command all of this. So the, the whole thing seems like an unresolvable contradiction, a paradox. But maybe that's the point. One of the great 19th century Hasidic commentators, Rabbi Tzadik Cohen of Lublin, in his book, Tzidkat HaTzadik, takes up the Ramban's uh, God said so position. And he argues that paradox is exactly what the Torah is shooting for. He says, This is the secret of the goat sent to Azazel. That if a person had done this on their own, they would have completely violated the prohibition on idolatry, which is the second commandment the foundation of all the other commandments, and defines the very nature of sin and turning from God's will. It is only because the goat is given through God's will and turned into a commandment that it is transformed from a sin into a mitzvah. Okay, so this is similar to what we saw in the Ramban above. It would be sin, but God said so, so it's actually a good thing. But check out how Rabbi Tzadok Cohen fits this idea into his philosophy of sin, which I warn you is pretty radical. He says, the essence of repentance, ikar hachuva, is God illuminating one's eyes until one sees intentional sins as merits. That is, one recognizes and understands that in all that one sinned, this was also the will of God. So repentance 
which is after all the, the theme of Yom Kippur, is not just about looking at your deeds and feeling sorry about them. Repentance is much bigger than that. It's about taking your own will out of the picture and coming to see the entire world as an expression of God's will, everything. And that includes everything that you've done. So while it appears that you've sinned, that you've attempted to deny God's will, in fact, there's no denying God's will. Your very denial was God's will. What seemed like your sin was actually God's command. And this is the central act of Yom Kippur. So it's fitting that the central ceremony of Yom Kippur be one in which, likewise, what appears to be a sin is actually God's command. And it isn't just that this seemingly problematic ritual is somehow salvaged by sheepishly attributing it to God. On the contrary, the ritual must appear deeply problematic, must indeed appear like the ultimate sin in order to demonstrate that anything can be redeemed by God. But wait, we forgot one thing. What did that hint mean? When you're 33, you will know it. Well, the Ramban, God bless his incredible genius, finally gives the answer to that too. He says, and behold, Rabbi Avram hinted to you that you would get to its secret when you reach the verse, and then he quotes a verse, and they will no longer offer sacrifices to the goat demons after whom they stray. Interesting. Here we have a, another verse that mixes goat imagery with idolatry, much like our goat to Azazel. And where is this other strange verse? Why, it's right here in our Parsha, in the very next chapter, Leviticus 17, 7. In fact, it is exactly 33 verses after the verse that we started with, that first mention of Azazel. So the Ibn Ezra wasn't saying, you'll know the secret of, Az of the Azazel ritual when you're 33 years old. He was saying, hinting in his inimitable way, that you will understand 33 verses from now that the same Parsha which forbids idolatrous goat sacrifice also commands it. In one instance, it is the greatest evil, and in the other, it is the holiest act of the year. It all turns on the word of God. If that's true, if it's all here in our Parsha, then it isn't just the Ibn Ezra who's being coy and cryptic. It isn't just those earlier Midrashim or the Ramban that's willing to play with subversive imagery. And it isn't just the Hasidic tradition that celebrates paradox. It is the Torah itself that deals in contradictions. It is God who loves opposites. God who says one thing and hints at another. As if to say, I am beyond all these alternatives. I am the unity that encompasses all binaries. I am the solution to all the riddles. So don't try to understand me because I will be what I will be. Reminds me of a, a great line from, from Walt Whitman's Song of Myself that maybe we can apply to the Torah as well. 
Do I contradict myself? Very well then, I contradict myself. I am large, I contain multitudes. Best Book Ever was produced by Ben Cooley and edited by Vera Blossom, and our theme song is Pitrouli by Hillel Tigay. You can listen to more of his beautiful music on iTunes and Spotify. And while you're there, why not subscribe to Best Book Ever if you haven't already. If you're interested in supporting this podcast and our work, you can visit us at ecar.org and donate or Venmo us at ecarla. That's I-K-A-R-L-A. Thanks a lot and see you next week. Thank you.